have you heard that the Pirates are on this big roll? Like, that they're off to this great start and everybody's super excited about it? No? <laughs> well, that just means you're paying attention only to the Pittsburgh level, and I'm going to try to take care of some of that filling in of the blanks on today's show. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates were off yesterday. They're back on tonight at PNC Park against the Cubs. The Pirates have lost 17 of their last 23 games. The Pirates' starting rotation, which had been such a pleasant surprise for a while, is now serving up home runs virtually at will. The Pirates' offense, missing Colin Moran and Kebrian Hayes, is now doing next to nothing other than whatever it is that Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds can pull off on a given day. So, what's to be excited about? Well, not everybody is interested in all levels of a baseball operation. And I I get that. I appreciate it. I respect it. Not everybody has that kind of time. Not everyone has that kind of patience. And actually, I'm calling it like it is, not everyone has that level of faith. You know, you'll hear something great about a prospect or whatever, and that prospect shows up. And all you remember is that, well, they said great things about Mitch Keller, too. And then Keller showed up in Pittsburgh and didn't even want to throw a strike. And it can beat you down. You don't remember necessarily uh, the more positive examples that come along and are a pleasant surprise. Or the ones who eventually mature, like Adam Frazier who's turning out now, in hindsight, to be a pretty good draft pick. But, as I'm speaking to you, right now, the Pirates' minor league system, and I'm never talking about wins and losses when I talk about these things, is off to a seriously encouraging start and on more levels than what I think could have reasonably been anticipated. Not Indianapolis. There's almost nothing going on at Indy. So get any thought out of your head that there could be help imminently on the way. This is the lingering curse, really, of the Neil Huntington slash Kyle Stark tenure. The players who would be the closest to the majors would be on them because if you think about it, Ben Charrington isn't going to be acquiring high ceiling types and have them be in AAA or start out in AAA. If you look at Charrington's trades, they've been almost without exception players who are really young. 19, 20, 21 years old, and you have to start them out where they have to start out. That said, let's take a little ride across Route 22 to Altoona. No wins and losses don't matter. 
as an outcome. But the Curves won 11 out of its last 14 games, and what matters within that is that they're doing so with actual prospects. Ruanzi Contreras, the 100-mile-an-hour flamethrower that was part of the Jamison Tyone trade with the Yankees, was just named the Northeast League's Pitcher of the Week. And that doesn't come close to telling you what this kid has done. He's one of only five pitchers in all of minor league baseball, any level, who still got a 0.00 ERA. The sixth lowest batting average against 119. The fifth lowest whip, that's walks and hits per inning pitched, at 0.57. He's dominating at that level. And he should not be at that level anymore. He should be moving on to Indy, regardless of whatever kind of timetable Charrington and his staff had previously set up. This kid is showing he can get it done. He's also telling you very loudly that he needs to be challenged. I don't mean to turn a positive into a negative, but don't make it one then. Rodolfo Castro the child who made the cameo appearance on the Pirates roster earlier this season, which, by the way, was a very welcome thing in and of itself, ranks ninth in his league with 19 hits. Kanan Smith, Nibga, who is another one of those guys, he's an outfielder who has a really significant potential and could be challenging for a roster spot in Pittsburgh as early as next year. And I don't say that just because Pittsburgh has absolutely nothing going on in the outfield. He's been good. His last 10 games have seen two homers, two doubles, 10 RBIs. And then there's Mason Martin, who's one of the very, very few power prospects that the Pirates have and thus should be treated like gold. He's got, in his last nine games, three home runs, two doubles, a triple. And most importantly, he's starting to look like he's becoming consistent, like he could become something of a producer as well and not just a home run guy. That said, he is a home run guy, and so is O'Neill Cruz there. Both of them need to find a way both of them, to become more productive in general. But there is power, and it's not that far away. And most importantly, you'll notice that there's more than one of them. And that's going to be something that matters an awful lot with how Charrington's doing all this. He doesn't just want quality. He wants quantity of quality. He wants there to be a lot of players pushing each other to get better. And I say all these nice things about Altoona. The fact of the matter is, uh, as any baseball analyst will attest, the Pirates stocked really some of their most promising people, especially their pitching with the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Tahnaj Thomas is a, a starter who's made three starts now, 122 batting average against 083 whip. This is where they've put a lot of their guys. Nick Gonzalez, unfortunately, got hurt. Busted up a pinky real bad. He's going to be out for like six weeks. Jammed it on a rundown. 
So it's not all great news because he is the, the top prospect. But in general, without boring you with a zillion different names and a zillion different numbers, so far, so far, this minor league season, the first one we've seen of any kind by anyone since 2019, has gotten off to a pretty good start. Remember that this is not just part of the battle toward building the Pirates into something significant. This is the battle. I know that's strange, and I know it doesn't feel right. You're watching the Pirates on TV. Those are the Pirates to you. And there are players there, as I've been stressing again and again, who do matter. What Brian Reynolds does matters. When Cabrian Hayes comes up, what he does matters. I'd even argue, as I have, that Jacob Stallings matters because I think he's going to be this team's catcher still if and when the Pirates get good. But this other stuff, this is... Imagine trading for these prospects. Let's put it this way. Imagine trading for these guys. Then they come over and then they do nothing. And how often did we see that under Huntington and Stark? We're not seeing it now. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's always brought to you by our friends at the North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, right across from 115 Federal, in fact, where the Pirates headquarters are, next to the Willie Stargell statue. North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone. It's also home to the planet's only truly dedicated year-round Pirate Sports Bar. Front to back, nothing but buckos. Pay North Shore Tavern a visit. Today's question comes from Mike, who, in reference to my podcast yesterday says, I don't understand how Adam Frazier and Colin Moran can be associated with hope when they're clearly on the trading block and may not be with the team after the trading deadline. To the contrary, to me, that's deflating. Mike, I'm not going to cut this up. I'm not going to talk down or, or anything else like that. I do not expect everyone who follows the Pirates to follow them super intensely. I do not expect everyone who listens to a show called Daily Shot of Pirates to be all that into the minor leagues. As I said in the opening segment, I don't think everyone has time for it. I don't think they have patience for it. And I don't think that they necessarily have cause to believe in it. The cynicism is real. I'm not going to sit here and criticize the sentiment that you expressed. However, however, you did ask the question, so I'm going to come up with an answer here for you. A player being traded at max value or at close to max value is your optimal outcome, my man. It just is. In this scenario, if you have players who are 29, 30, 31, 32 years old, and that's what we're talking about here, by the way, 
with with uh, Frazier, Moran, Richard Rodriguez, Tyler Anderson. That's the perfect scenario for you. If you execute the trades well, there's nothing deflating. I would hope we can agree on this. There's nothing deflating about the Joe Musgrove trade and all the talent that the Pirates got back and what that talent has done to date at its level. There's really nothing deflating about the Tyone trade, which is looking like a heist. And I've read and heard both Yankees analysts who have described it as such already. Even though JT's still healthy and JT's still pitching, they're now getting a clearer look at what Brian Cashman sent into the Pittsburgh system. And it's not a great look for the Yankees. This is what you want. You want more of these types of names and numbers and everything else that I was describing. I'm not going to cut up Adam Frazier or Colin Moran either. I, I like watching them play. I certainly prefer watching them play over whoever it is that would replace them for the remainder of 2021. Or for that matter, Rodriguez. Or Anderson, even though he struggled lately. I don't want to watch bad baseball in 2021 any more than you do. But I understand what's happening in front of me. I get it. And I properly feel like I set the parameters for how I would react to that entering the season. You're talking, seriously, Mike, you're talking about this season. This season doesn't matter, never mattered, other than the things that I've mentioned here. That's the way this is being set up. That's the way it's always been set up. The fact that the team got off to this promising April, finishing, I think it was a game below 500, rings a bell, 12 and 13, right? That's That was nice in large part because it was the young players on the Pittsburgh roster who were making it happen. And actually, strangely, it was the old players who were holding them back. Other stuff's happened since then. But still, your better guys have been your younger guys, which is still good. That's it, man. Nobody was contending for anything. That's all that was about fun, encouraging, and everything else, but anybody bringing up the freak show or 1997 or whatever, I never did anything like that. You can check the records up, down, and sideways. Because I was there in 97, and I know what that was all about. That was about a, a starting rotation that was ready to pitch in the majors. And every single guy in the rotation, true story, made every single turn in the rotation. That's all 97 was about. It wasn't Kevin Polkovich hitting a homer off Kurt Schilling. It wasn't cute. It was just about starting pitching. Jason Schmidt, Esteban Loaiza, Francisco Cordova, these guys. There was never any comparison here. There was never any, oh, wow, we could do this. No. It's just that the Pirates' talent level 
was better than I think what some people expected in Pittsburgh. And that, that threw people for a pleasant curve. That's it, man. That's it. The rest of this is everything else that I've laid out here. It's all about building up quantity and quality of prospects, having them fight each other, having them claw away at each other, having them compete to get better on their way here. And once they get here, then we're going to be having very, very different discussions than worrying about the potential trading of Colin Moran being deflating. I really appreciate the question, Mike. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.